At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A warmer brother you love. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Ghost Guest Weeks with myself, Kaib Peterson, now part of the Beast and Family Podcast. We've got ourselves a tremendous podcast for you as we're going to be taking a look at segment number two at really the lay of the land when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to how conference realignment might be affecting a little bit of that with our good friend and Tobias Bass. He does tremendous work over at The Athletic. We're going to be taking a look at that. On top of that, we are going to be taking a look at some of these under-the-radar 2023 classes, some of these under-the-radar 2023 prospects, what we've been seeing out of some of these guys with regards to their foreign tours, guys that you do want to be taking note of. We're going to be taking a little bit of a look at the lay of the land when it comes to the Big 12, Texas Tech as well as he is a Texas Tech alum. So we're going to be taking a nice deep dive there. We're going to be bringing up question marks with regards to a team out there in the ACC as well. So we have a nice wide-ranging chat with Tobias in segment number two. Here in the first segment, we didn't see a lot of updates with regards to news and notes in college basketball over the last 48 hours because, keep in mind, I have to do the last 48 hours since we did a little bit of a conference preview yesterday. We were taking a look at the OVC and, frankly enough, one of the guys I thought was going to be going to the OVC, he has decided that he is actually going to be going to the SOCON. We're going to get that recapped in segment number one, but we're going to be able to dive in there. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. Amy does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And let's take a look at what we did get in college basketball over the last 48 hours. And I'll try to get on our good friend Ethan Bach, who does great work over at Portal Report in the next 48 or so hours to be able to take a look at this one. But West Virginia, a team that... We know about the long and winding road it's been for them this offseason and everything that they've been going through. They land a cook a cook. He decided a cook a cook did to leave Georgetown less than a week ago, and during the weekend he decided that he was going to be going to West Virginia. This is massive for them. Now, I do fear that West Virginia might be getting a little bit top heavy with regards to their big men because. With a cook a cook, he's now going to be teamed up with Jesse Edwards, and a cook a cook actually did shoot north of 45% from three point range a few seasons ago. But this is a man that he over at Georgetown last year at six half points, 6.2 boards, two blocks per contest. Jesse Edwards was a double double machine over at Syracuse. Now we know what Kirk Reese is able to do in the backcourt as well, but 
I do have my question marks as to whether or not this is becoming a little bit of a top-heavy team slash a front-loaded front-court team, for lack of a better term, because they also bring in Quince Lesniski. It does feel like they're lacking a little bit of something with regards to that backcourt, but being able to bring in some added depth down low for West Virginia, that's big. And for West Virginia, I wish I could put it any other way, but they just need bodies in general as well, especially with Omar Silviero being denied a waiver as well that happened about a week or so ago as it just feels like West Virginia continues to be in the news in general for one thing or another. So very interesting to see them being able to land a cook over the weekend. And then this man I thought was going to be going to Morehead State. And honestly, this irons out because with Morehead State thinking about it, I was thinking, man, maybe I should have put this team number one instead of Tennessee State because I was thinking at first Mark Freeman might be gone. He actually decided that he was going to be returning to Morehead State, and I thought that that was big, and I thought that he would team up well with Amenzi Ungamezi, who was coming in from Jacksonville State, where last year he was averaging right around six half points, three boards at six for nine. He's able to pop threes, but Ungamezi is no longer going to be going to Morehead State. He's going to Jacksonville State. I had no earthly idea whatsoever that he had even put his name back into the transfer portal. I was seeing him listed with Morehead State. So, yeah, that is a nice pickup for a Mercer team that they did lose quite a bit in the offseason. 7'2", David Craig being out the fold. That is going to be hurting them quite a bit for Mercer. It has been rough for them ever since they lost Natalie Alvarez along Felipe Haas last offseason. And they were able to do their thing while they were over at Southern Miss. It has been a rough stretch for this Mercer team, to say the least. But with Nugamezi, if he's able to get back to what he was two seasons ago at Jacksonville State, that's where he was able to register about 8.5 points at six foot nine, shot 40% from three. You're looking at something here with this Mercer team in a SOCON that I think is, once again, going to be pretty rock solid. Began his career at Georgia. So being able to bring in a nice versatile player at six foot nine that's able to pop threes, that is a good addition for Mercer. So we saw those pieces of player movement over the last 48 hours. Now coming up next, let's gauge some of these foreign tours. Let's take a look at some of these under-the-radar freshmen and what all this realignment might do with regards to perhaps a little bit of NIL money. Perhaps that is going to be what is going to be changing the landscape of college basketball. Some of these guys that they might be getting more slash less NIL money based on a school going up a level, going down a peg with regards to their conference. Could that be hurting slash helping some of these schools? We're going to be diving into that and so much more with Tobias Bass of The Athletic next right here on Cubs Soups with myself, David Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. With myself, Greg Gibbs Peterson, now part of the Vison Family Podcast, and it is always great to be joined by this fan. Tobias Bass, he does tremendous work over at The Athletic, taking a look at the game of college basketball, does a nice job taking a look at these guys that are going to be shining during the 2023-24 season, but on top of that, I know that he's taking a look at some of the guys of the future as well. I know that there has been a lot made out of these guys in the class of 2024, the class of 2025, the likes of Cooper Flagg and company. And I know that he's been doing a great job covering things on that front as well. And to be able to follow Tobias on Twitter, actually to be able to follow Tobias on X, I don't know if I'll ever get used to that. That is at <laughs> Tobias underscore Bass, his first and last name with an underscore in between. And Tobias, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining me. And Tobias, I know that you're a Texas Tech alum, and you're among one of those conferences that is going to be dealing with realignment over the next few years. As the Big 12 obviously added a few teams this year, and they are going to be adding some Pac-12 teams for the 2024-25 season. And I know you do a great job on the recruiting front. And my biggest question to you is, do you think that we might be seeing the recruiting landscape being altered a little bit by guys not wanting to travel so much, perhaps wanting to go to a little bit more of a mid-major because it means that they're going to be able to play in front of their friends and family? Or is the travel aspect of realignment really a non-factor when it comes to a lot of these recruits? I think it may play a little bit of a factor. I mean, times have changed over, you know, times have changed. The kids have technology, they have, you know, FaceTime, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever. Some of these things that the recruits may not have had 15 years ago. So I think that the distance isn't as bad because, I mean, you look at a state like Texas, they haven't really had a four or five-star recruit really stay in the state. A lot of them leave. So I think that it won't matter as much. I do think the commentary alignment will will cause a mission. You look at a school like Washington State, they're not exactly sure where they're going to end up. They had a four-star recruit decommitting the 2024 class, a point guard. He already decommitted. I think you may see some of that, or you may see after the season ends, if there's still questions, I can see some of those maybe highly ranked freshmen or some of those sophomores, juniors, they may end up trying to get up out of there because they don't want to play in certain conferences. So some kids, you know, they say that they're going there for the culture and the school, not the conference, but I think that's 
just a cliche answer. You want to play against the best. If, if, if a school that you committed to is going to drop down a level significantly, I think some of those kids may decide to leave. And I do think that what might be the bigger impact as well may not be the travel aspect, but as we know, those final Pac-4 schools, that might affect NIL, that might affect yep. some of the money that is going to be going to these guys. And do you think that that might ultimately be the biggest effect of a realignment? Because a school like a UCF that goes from the American up to the Big 12 this year, I think that that'll probably help them be able to have a little bit more NIL money. Meanwhile, a school like Cal might have a little bit less of that. And it's sort of how regulation relegation works in soccer might be happening in college sports right now. Yeah, I think that'll definitely play a role because, you know, a kid may get promised this, but when he gets there, time for him to go to school, they're like, oh, you know what? We actually can't give you this amount of money. We actually only can give you half. You're even seeing that now with the portal. You're seeing grad transfers. They've been at school a month or two. They're putting their names back in the portal for money reasons or X, Y, and Z. So I think it'll definitely play a role for the high school and the portal season. Yes, I think that we've got a lot to take a look at moving forward. Most likely, from what I've seen, I would have thought that if it would have a big impact for this year, we would have seen at the very least a few guys enter in the transfer portal. So I'm thinking that this is going to be more of a class of 2024 and beyond situation, but certainly something to monitor. As Tobias Bass, he does tremendous work over at The Athletic. He's joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops. And what is really taking hold right now is a lot of these teams are going on their foreign trips. I know that a bunch of SEC schools have been doing so. We've been seeing a few Big 12 teams as well as I know that a lot of people have been buzzing about the fact that Houston was lost by like 30 points or something like that to the Australian team with like Josh Giddy and everything like that, like yeah. actual grown men. This is not like some sort of an 18U team or anything like that they, they were playing up against and lost to. Right. But what do you make out of these foreign tour trips for one? And what should be your takeaways? Because I want to be taking a look at more or less what guys have been doing with regards to maybe putting on a little bit of muscle, maybe some of these rotations that the coaches are throwing out there. And I really just don't pay much attention to the actual final score. Yeah, no, I agree. That's pretty much what I pay attention to. It's really just the rotation, who's playing, how the lineups is he mixing and matching, you know, how, how are some of the freshmen going against another grown man, those type of things. The final score really doesn't matter. I mean, you look at U of A losing to the Australian team. They're, they're NBA players on that team. Really good NBA players at that. You have guys that played overseas for five, six plus years. And then U of A, they're a great program. I think they've won the most games over the past like six or seven year period. I mean, they're going to be really good in the Big 12. That would concern me if I was a U of H fan at all. That's what expected if you go play a bunch of NBA or professional basketball players. Some of the guys on U of H team, they've never played college basketball before. That's some of the expectation. Yeah, but honestly, if you're losing to the likes of Patty Mills, Josh Giddy by fewer than 35 points, honestly, that's not the world's worst thing in the world because those are actual NBA probes that they are going up against. And you've got a lot of guys that are coming together by the transfer portal. And have there been any rotations, any guys that have been standing out with regards to these foreign tour trips? Because obviously the biggest of them was Kentucky, what we saw at the Global Jam, them going a little bit smaller, being a pop some threes was nice. But I've been really turned on by Mississippi State. The fact that it seems like they actually have a modicum of three-point shooting, that's something that has me a little bit high on them, feeling good about them. Obviously, when it comes to Houston side of things as well, LJ Cryer had looked relatively solid in a lot of those foreign tour games as well. But anything standing out to you, player or team-wise? Really just player-wise, I know that some of the freshmen have played well. Stephon Castle, um, Jalen Lowe at Pittsburgh, Jacoby Walters at Baylor. You know, just hearing that those guys have played really well. I'm just glad to see them, you know, some of them had a they battled a couple of injuries over the summer. So to see them healthy and be able to step up and, you know, contribute early, you know, as a freshman, I think that's super important. And some of those teams like – 
Pittsburgh, they may need another guard to step up. So it might be a freshman. It might be a Jalen Lowe that may need to step up and play. I'm just excited for him and to see, you know, how much good he's got. He was an underrated kid coming out. And I just, I love his game. I think he'll play a big role for Pitt this year. Yep, I think so as well. In Pittsburgh, they were able to surprise a lot of people last year. And I do think that there's a good chance that they're going to be able to keep it going this year as well. And I think that they're a team to be watching out for. And have there been any teams in general that, as you've been taking a look at them, you are feeling a little bit more bullish on them, not necessarily due to just the foreign trips, but maybe you've been able to do a little bit more of a deep dive because I just went through Mississippi State, a team that hardly made the NCAA tournament last year. And ironically enough, you were talking about Pittsburgh and Mississippi State is a team that lost to them in the NCAA tournament. But have there been any teams in general that the more you dove in on them, the more that you're feeling a little bit higher about them? Not any teams specifically. I'm really ready for the season, to be honest with you. But there are some teams that, you know, that I like I mean, A&M. That's not a sexy pick. They're going to be really good. I, mean, I just like their staff and how they play. I think they have a chance to potentially probably win that league. I don't know what they'll be ranked when they whenever it comes out, but I can see them easily potentially winning, winning that league. I just think they brought back, what, eight of the nine rotation guys from a year ago to add a couple of freshmen, add a couple of good portal guys. So I think they'll be ready to go. I think that Texas Tech, I may be a little bit biased, but I think they're going to be much better than people think. I don't think they'll be bad. I think some people might think they're going to be bottom of the league. I think they'll be right in the middle of the pack. I think they might even be a bubble team for most of the year. So I think they'll surprise a couple of teams as well. And I do think the biggest question that I do have for Texas Tech is because they do bring in Grant McCaslin. Grant McCaslin played at the slowest pace in all of college basketball last year. Do you think that they're going to be able to maintain that pace? Because that is what I think is the biggest question mark. Because with Texas Tech, they do bring back some of the guys from last year. Grant McCaslin sort of brings in a few of his own, so it's a little bit of a mix. And I think that the tempo that Texas Tech plays is of intrigue to me. I think they'll play much faster. I just think that how the team is, they have one big. And in that league, there aren't many teams that are big, you know. Tech has one of the, what, four, five, maybe seven-footers in the entire league. Everyone else is pretty much like six, eight, six, nine on their team. So they're going to play, I think, much faster. I think I think you just have to in that league because you're not going to be able to play at that slow of a pace. And I think Grant is willing to change that and adjust to his team. He's a good coach. So I think that he'll adjust it. And I think they'll play much faster. I think that they won't play the way that they played. And one more other freshman I want to talk about, too, was Sam Walters. At Alabama, he's like six nine, like a twin or four three. He can really, really shoot it. I heard that he's been the best freshman at Alabama so far this summer. Do you think that that is going to be interesting to take a look at as well? And I'm so glad they you brought up a star freshman because you do a great job on that front. As Tobias Bass, who does tremendous work over at the Athletic, is joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops in terms of some of these freshmen that are going a little bit under the radar because we all know that Kentucky has an absolutely amazing class. They are going to be able to tear it off USC. They bring in their star-studded guys. I think that they're in for a big year as well. But is there a class or two that you take a look at and you think, man, why is there not more buzz about them? And you think that those freshmen are going to be able to play a big hand in a team success success slash lack of success this season? One I want to look at, too, is Kansas State. So, you know, they brought in Perry. They brought in Arthur Kaluma. Cameron Carter came back. But they have two freshman guards that are on their roster now. One in R.J. Jones, another one in Day-Day Game from Chicago. I think they're going to play valuable minutes for them. I think just they're going to have to. They need another guard at the moment. I think those two guys are going to be able to compete for minutes. I think they're going to be able to help them. They're going to have to get adjusted like any other freshman. But I like both of their games. I think they both bring something different to the table. R.J. is more of a combo. Day-Day is more of a slashing, athletic, tough guard. So I think they're going to give them really, really valuable minutes. You look at uh, Jacoby Walsh. He's a McDonald's All-American. But... I heard he's looking really, really good. I think he has a chance to really – I think he has a chance to maybe be a top 10 
top eight pick next year, the way that he's going to be able to shoot the ball and be a three and D prospect as well. Yep. I'm so glad you bring up Jacoby Walter. He's going over to Baylor. He's a top 10 guy and he's going to be teamed up with Jaden Nunn along with RJ Dennis yep. as well. And yep. with Ray J Dennis coming over, I thought that that was so big because with the Baylor bears, they did lose so much because I just mentioned a few minutes ago, LJ Cryer looking relatively solid for Houston. They lose yep. him. They lose Keontae George. The list goes on and on. And we've seen Baylor be able to do a solid job without truly like dominant big men in the past they didn't really bring in a lot here in this cycle but how much do you take a look at that combination of Walter and Dennis and just believe that because they are bringing in a guy like Dennis that is going to be able to make the life of Walter just that much easier yeah I think it helps a lot with the veteran guard you know we looked at Keontae last year he's super talented with the ability to score but I think that he shot 52 or 54 percent of his overall shots for threes I think Jacoby is a probably a more efficient player than Keontae. So you put him, you mix him in there with a nun, a Dennis. I think that he'll be able to even have maybe even like a more efficient year than Keontae. And I think if he does that, we, he could easily see him being a top 10 pick. I mean, he, he really can shoot him. I like how efficient that he is. I think that he'll bring a different element to what they were. He's even taller than Keontae as well. So I think that that'll help them even defensively far as off ball. I want to see them be a little bit better than they were. Like they had a good season, but I think with the roster that they have now, I think they'll be better than they were a year ago, especially with Jalen Bridges coming back. And when it comes to the Big 12, I think that they did a really good job with regards to the recruiting cycle as well as Iowa State actually brought in a top 10 class, according to most reports as well. And I think that they're going to be solid. And I take a look yep. at Cincinnati as well. And I was yeah. very impressed by the recruiting hall that they brought in because they bring in via the transfer portal, CJ Frederick, who if he's able to be fully healthy, he was a very good three-point shooter over at Iowa. And I want to get your thoughts on this guy because a lot of the recruiting sites had him outside the top 50, more in that top 75 range in Rayvon Griffith. And I think that he could be one of the gems of this class, a guy that was ranked number two, number three in the state of Arizona. Got to see him a little bit. He's a six foot five guy that just puts the ball in the bucket. Yeah, and really, really athletic, strong, tough nose. He'll be a good player for them. They brought in a good class. They brought in a good mix of freshmen, Jizzle James, Rayvon Griffith. They brought up some good players, CJ Frederick, Seamus Lukakis from Butler. And then not to mention, they brought guys back. They brought back good players from a year ago. Um, players from a year ago, I think what Skillings comes back. They, they, I think they'll be good. They're going to be another team in that league. I think they're going to be super, super underrated. I think they're going to catch some people off guard. Yep, I agree with you. I do think that with Cincinnati, with West Miller being in year number three, now he's able to get his system implemented a little bit more. It felt like there was a little bit of a transitionary period there. Now I think that they're going to be able to get off and running as well. And we're talking about some of these guys that are a little bit under the radar. I do want to pose this question to you, and if you don't have a great answer, do not worry about that, but is there maybe a team or two that you're hearing a lot of hype about and you just don't necessarily see it with them? Because I do think that when it comes to quite a few of these teams, like the SEC, for example, I think that it's such a deep league. I think that pretty much 1 through 12, I think that South Carolina might be in for a little bit of a rough year, and then you're probably going to have one other team bottom out. It's going to be really tough, but I don't know if I could buy some of the final four hype for some of those teams as well. Is there a team or two out there that you just take a look at them and you're maybe not buying into them as much as others? One team that interests me, I wouldn't say I'm not buying it. I just want to see how it works is North Carolina. So the rumor is they're going to play really fast, but I don't see how they're going to play fast with just some of the players that they brought in. You know, you bring the big fella back. He's not going to be able to run and play an up-tempo style. I think North Carolina would be good, don't get me wrong, but just the contrast of styles and what people are expecting, I want to see how that works. I just want to see, want to see how it looks. You know, you bring in Elliot Cadeau. He's going to have to play 
does that ruffle some, some feathers with, you know, some of the guards that came back from a year ago? Because he has to play. I mean, he was the best point guard in high school basketball this past season, so he's going to have to play. So I want to see how does that work, especially with the team last year that had so much expectation. They obviously don't make the tournament. Are they going to be able to bounce back from that mentally, especially with a bunch of young guys? They have, you know, young guys coming in, and they have some couple of guys, freshmen, that didn't play as much last year. They're going to be looking to get minutes. So how does that work? They did bring in some older guys. Like Harrison Ingram, you know, they brought in a the guy from Brown, the shooter, James Uponku from West Virginia, Cormac Ryan from Notre Dame. So they brought in good players. I just want to see how all of that mixes together. I think that with North Carolina, there's some question marks. And do I think that there's some upside? Yes, if Harrison Ingram can live up to the billing that he had coming out as a freshman, I think that North Carolina could be a little bit of a boom team. But we saw with North Carolina as well, that offense was not so efficient last year, to say the least. You bring back Armando Baycott, who... It's like he's been in college for an eon, but they're a team that I'm very fascinated by. And Tobias, I know you're doing a tremendous job getting set for the upcoming season, but while you're doing that, you're also doing a great job of taking a look at a lot of the stars for tomorrow, taking a look at the recruiting classes of 2024 and beyond. I'm sure that you are swallowed up with taking a look at Cooper Flag highlights as well with him reclassifying. So let the good people at home know it's on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. So I actually did a story today on Cooper Flag reclassing and what it means not only for the high school scene, the collegiate scene, but also the NBA level. So go ahead and check that out at theathletic.com. I gave some good analysis on how I think that just changes the landscape. But I also think that he won't be the other high school kid that reclasses. It may not be now, but I think between now and maybe this time next year, you're going to see another top kid in the class. I think he'll also reclass in maybe 2025 as well. So check that out at The Athletic. Yep, the Boozer brothers are ones to be able to take a look at as well as I know that they're highly touted for a few years from now. There's a lot of good up-and-coming prospects, and Tobias does a great job covering them. He does a great job taking a look at the transfer portal, taking a look at all these teams, and always delivers tremendous insights on this podcast. Big thanks to Tobias for joining me on Coast to Coast Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you ever have a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnet underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters see they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. As you can tell, the player movement, it's getting a little bit more thin. We are still seeing a couple stray moves, but we are starting to get to the end of where there's going to be guys moving from school to school. A lot of these rosters have crystallized, so now we're getting more into conference preview season. You guys heard my OVC conference preview yesterday. I plan on doing the NEC and the Patriot League within the next seven or so days, so be on the lookout for those conference previews. And I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast here during the regular season, here during the offseason. Then once we do those conference previews, you're getting picks and analysis on every single game, every single day during the season. So appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.